It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. Lacrosse fans, what's up? Welcome back to Lax Class here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. EP 161 is now in progress. Jake Kelly, Brad Challoner with you, and week one of the National Lacrosse League is in the books. Week two is on the horizon, and we have all sorts of things to talk about on the podcast this week. Our final two teams, season previews, we catch up. With the head coach and general manager of the Philadelphia Wings in quarter three, Paul Day. The head coach of the Rochester Nighthawks in quarter two. We got who you got and lax class locks coming up in the fourth. And here in quarter number one, quick sticks. And uh, a quick recap, a little bit of who we had. uh, Or, you know, we'll get through the games. The top uh, news and notes from the week's action that just went by. Brad Chalner, what's going on, man? Uh, welcome back from the Hammer. Well done, by the way, to you, Ashley, and Teddy on the call there against uh, Toronto and, and Albany on the big network on Saturday. I finished up the, the old Subway Bowl there at BC Place on Saturday night, uh, whipped out to Danny's Place and, and watched that thing in the wee hours of the morning. And uh, you guys did a great job, man. Uh, looked like a lot of fun. How was it? Unreal. I absolutely, absolutely unreal to be back, back in a booth again, to be in the hammer on the first game for the Toronto rock in the new town and in the old barn. It, uh, it was a special night, man. It was a real, it was a real special night in that building. Um, and then obviously on, on TSN as well to put the game on the big stage. I was honored to be a part of it. And I think Jamie and the crew put a really good product um, in that building on the floor and, and the Toronto rock to get that first win on nationally televised game of the week on TSN, uh, is the start of something special, man, to get a Canadian team to win the first game of the TSN game of the week, I think is going to build some, some momentum. And yeah, it, it was just, it was a nice weekend to see some faces we haven't seen in a long time and, and just reconnect again. Yeah. T- tight game the entire way. We'll start in Toronto and then maybe jump backwards here since we're talking about it. But uh, Toronto three, one in that second quarter kind of lifted them to that 10, nine victory. Nardella went ham in the faceoff dot, but didn't seem to matter. But I think the biggest story coming out of this game has to be one dangerous Dan Dawson with a couple of big ones near the end of the game. Well, how perfect was that? Like, just National Lacrosse League is where heroes kind of come to play. You know, Rambo gets his hat trick goal. We'll talk about the Philly game in a couple of minutes, but you know, to, we to focus on we focused on Dan Dawson in the pregame show. Like he, we had all these boards built on the TSN side of things. Here's where he stacks up in goals, assists, and points, and games played. Here's what he's going to do this year. He's 40 years old, but he's taken 20 months off, and he feels better than ever. And then you know, he had a, he had a bit of a quiet game. He was trying to do, trying to get to the inside a lot. They were playing really physical defense on him. When he did get through, he was getting robbed by Dougie Jameson. And then it's like, you know, fourth quarter down by one. And he's like, okay, time time to go, time to go. And he scores, Unreal. swims through three defenders to score the tying goal and then scores the game, the eventual game winner a couple of minutes later. 
and just it's just Dan Dawson. Like you're not surprised that, that happened. I'm no. stoked that it happened. It was phenomenal television and phenomenal theatrics inside that building. But for anybody that knows Dan Dawson has seen him play over the years, it's like, oh yeah, there's there's Dan being Dan. It's just like the big boys come out when it matters the most and it's so it's so special to see yeah well the one he scored they got he got ripped off with a pinky toe in the crease might have been his nicest one anyways uh toronto gets the win there they're out to the one and no start uh and always get to do that on your home floor especially in the new building there in hamilton so great to see nice job on the call uh let's jump back to friday the very first game of the season and the spotlight shining down on Pachanga Arena, the only game of the evening. The Vancouver Warriors head down to SoCal San Diego, and it did not look good for a while there, Brad. But third quarter, fourth quarter, they started to make the push. Mitch Jones goes ham with five and one. Alexis Bouquet was solid as can be. They were blocking shots, and then the rookie. Adam Charlambides with the game-winning goal in the fourth quarter. A low-scoring affair here. 8-7 the final for Vancouver. Yeah, but it was an entertaining one. Entertaining slugfest. And again, like, the storylines of here's the fourth overall draft pick. Let's see what he can do. He had the prettiest assist in the game, maybe. Or maybe him and Mac O'Keefe kind of going back and forth for yeah. best pass of the game. But he had that wide-open net, and, and Shiliano came all the way out to bite with that far far skip pass across the zone to the crease was wide open slam dunk attempt like his pass was almost prettier than his goal which was eventually the game winner where he finds himself open little two-man game finds himself open and then snipes one uh far side and what a beautiful stroke on that shot like you see the way his whole body twisted like to me his whole body language everything about that shot was saying short side short side short side even his follow-through and that ball ends up going far side high like just a wicked shot and there's your number four overall draft pick right like he he outshone the other rookies that were in that game and and looked phenomenal yeah he only had one and one but he could have had four or five pretty easily and it got a few takeaways from there like brett Minsky just eats up two offensive players on on every shift he's out there they block so many shots i was real impressed with the game of uh owen barker who just seemed to be all over the floor that night loose balls and on guys and man the uh, broadcasters love him i don't think i don't think barker's name has been mentioned so much <laughs> well in he a game, was prominent Cooper perkins and nick osella were, yeah. were all over him and another thing about barks i don't know if you saw this jumbo but um paul tutka has sort of reissued lacrosse magazine yeah he put out a new top 100 players in the league list mm-hmm. and owen barker is on that list wow. man owen I barker did not is see on that. Yeah, I in scroll, the nll's top 100 i kind of scroll down to the, the top 10 quickly i haven't uh, digested that yet uh and hammer uh goes what 11 for 18 the faceoff dot uh not bad for for him in the small circle there either but let's move along it was an incredible week in the national lacrosse league as far as games go like so many one goal games, overtime games, and I was I had a corner of my eye watching this one from BC Place on the old iPad while I was calling football. I wasn't about to miss it. Saskatchewan at Halifax here, and great to see lacrosse back in in California. And these two teams just do not know how to play fantastic lacrosse games against each other. This game was sensational. 
Yeah, it's like they they remember last year or the, or twenty twenty that that was the game of the year that everyone sort of talked about. It was the one that they post on YouTube and everyone's been watching since to relive and and sort of remind themselves what the National Lacrosse League can be like. And they picked up right where they left off. Reese Dutch scores a hat trick. No Cody Jameson in that game. Um, and then all the questions going into the season, Jumbo, about they've got five lefties that are or sorry five righties that are should be starting and yeah. it's like who are they going to sit who are they going to sit they didn't sit any of them <laughs> they've dressed five offensive righties Unreal. and all those all those guys played um and they still got their touches and they still ended up winning and then a lefty who what was it a lefty who went righty to score the game with the goal yeah, in, yeah. in overtime like something special there so that one goes to overtime another another pretty goal um and the saskatchewan saskatchewan rush Losing OT in there, and they have to come back home hungry this weekend. Uh, a little payback, a little redemption there, right? Uh, it was Saskatchewan that won in overtime, the initial meeting there. I know Coach Myers was quite excited about that goal from Fennell, the former Buckeye there. Mailman with six assists. I thought uh, both goaltenders were pretty solid in this one as well. And who knows, man, like maybe a potential finals matchup between those two teams. Long way to go. You know what, and, I, and I didn't pick up on this. I don't know if you've heard this yet either, but it's – um. Jeff Shadler has been on record saying that this is his last season. Okay. I don't, yeah. That, I, I mean, that's not, that's not shocking or surprising no, news but, to me. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm quite excited that he said that. Yeah. A little farewell not tour a lot of right guys, now. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of guys get that swan song. Most guys are like, oh, they try a training camp and they fizzle out. But to have a guy who says, you know what? No, this is my last season. I'm going to go out and do it. And to have fans in these buildings show appreciation, especially in Saskatchewan, especially when he goes into Calgary, like it's going to be a nice way to go out, and we haven't seen a story like that. I I can't Bob Watson maybe like yeah, did he let point. it be known that good point. I think that was did, his yeah. last his last yeah. one. Like we haven't yeah. seen that right. So this is a special storyline. Yeah, Marshall Palace waiting in the wings there to kind of take over from Shats, and I mean uh, he looks like the protege to to him. So um, pretty cool stuff there, and uh, Shats will he'll be productive, no question about it in his final year. Let's move along to the city of brotherly love here, Bradley. Uh, Panther City. We got our first look at Panther City Lacrosse Club, and I'll say this right off the bat: like Orleman was was unreal uh, all game long, and and that was like kind of like can he do it? And it looks like he can do it, which which is real exciting. And they don't they didn't strike me as like an expansion team that's going to struggle all year long here. And and man, you think about it like when they get Randy Stotts and Johnny Donville in their lineup. Pretty exciting stuff on the horizon for Panther City, but they fall in overtime here to to the to the Wings, and you know the Wings didn't want to drop that one. Rambo with the the big OT winner here. Yeah, uh, and that's where Trevor Baptiste comes in so handy. He was what twenty five for twenty seven. Yeah, in that in that game, and they scored twenty three seconds in overtime. So he wins the opening faceoff in OT. They call a timeout, drop a set play, doesn't go their way, but then Rambo still buries. Um, that that's faceoffs are important and, and calling that timeout and taking that break and knowing exactly what they want to do was important too. But yeah, credit to PCLC who, you know, he, they emulate Tracy Koleski. He talked about it on the show last week, the show, the team is built a, around his personality pretty much, you know, like they're yeah. all, they're, they're, they're gritty, but they want to have fun, but they want to win and they kind of underdog mentality and, 
they're scrappy and they put up a, a really valiant effort in in week number one here. Rambo three and three. Hickey had eight points. Uh, the kitten was six assists in that one, and Hickey real solid for Philadelphia, who uh, will take on the Riptide coming up this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's move along here. We talked about the Toronto Albany game, Colorado, and Georgia. I got this game wrong. Uh, straight up, but uh, I I had Georgia in this one. But uh, let's give the Mammoth a lot of credit here. They looked really good early in the season here, putting sixteen up on Georgia and and get out to a nice one and zero start. Dylan Ward doing Dylan Ward things, and well, Shane Jackson got the hat trick. We'll see if he can keep the pace up. Uh, but the budding superstar here, Brad and Ryan Lee, this kid's prime for a big one. I think. Yeah, I, yeah. Here's 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 a take. I think he could be one of the top goal scorers in the league this year. Like I'm thinking 40 to 45 goals. That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. In that neighborhood for Ryan Lee, that would probably put him top five, six. If he gets high, high forties, um, he's just going to light the lamp, man. And we know Colorado mammoth usually win games like 12 to 10, 11 to nine. Like mm-hmm. if they can just keep their opponents under 10, the Colorado mammoth are winning a game. And with Dylan Ward, got a pretty good chance of doing that but now they're putting 16 on the board against Mike Poulin and the Georgia D in week one on the road that uh that bodes well so they got Zed Williams who scored probably I'm going to say the the prettiest goal of the week um the flashiest the pass would have been the pass was just as good yeah Capito gets hammered to the ground and flips it over and Zeddy ball game goes unnecessarily behind the back and just made that look so pretty um, they put up 16, so they got Zed ticking, and Ryan Lee and Liger's always going to contribute. That's a pretty scary offense that Colorado's packing right now. Nice back-and-forth game in Rochester between the expansion cousins here in the Riptide and Nighthawks. Another overtime game here as well. And pretty even from start to finish here. Jeff Teat with three and four. Callum with two and three. But uh, Riptide, they come close, but they come up a goal short. Rochester, 13-12 here in overtime. And and I caught a little bit of this game here today, Brad. This was entertaining lacrosse between these two clubs. How about the Crawford assist to Kiernan to, what was that, to tie it at 12, I think, late? In the game, or maybe it was tied at ten. It was maybe it was a little bit earlier. But did you see this pass? I don't think I did. It was, I think it was a set. It was a. It was a late. It was a right. It was like two seconds left in one of the quarters. Maybe it was at the end of the third quarter. No luck or special or what? No, like Crawford draws. Like takes it. Takes a step in. It's a. They take a shot wide. They get a ball off the glass. Crawford has it. Draws a double. Kiernan's wide open on the crease, but there's two seconds on the shot clock. And the double didn't come out too aggressively on Crawford. He had a shot. And I think what I'm, my point is that it was a miracle that he passed it, <laughs> first of all, because that in what universe is Callum Crawford not taking an open shot with two seconds left in a quarter to tie a lacrosse game? Yeah. So, but he does. He goes behind the back. It was a little high, but Kiernan does a good job of grabbing it and then dives across the crease and beats Kirk. And they tied it to to end a quarter. So one of those backbreaking, you know, final final seconds of a quarter goals. But right. I guess long story short, my point is, look at Crawford making those moves and passing that ball when wow. he doesn't doesn't need to. You know, Silver so that, Fox that could is be maturing. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be Lassure and uh, 
and and Veltman getting into Dangerous. it. Dangerous. You know? like, like, have to share the load in, in that riptide offense. It's only going to get he, better, best- though, Brad. That offense is just going to get better and better and better the more those guys play together. Evie was seven. Katoni was seven. Evan Kirk was making him work. Uh, Rochester gets it done in overtime. One more game to go. This was not really a close affair most of the evening here, Brad. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Uh, the opening half was actually... 2-2 in the first quarter, 5-5 in the second quarter, but yikes. A 2-2 in the fourth quarter as well. 7-0 third quarter, though, for the Bandits as they go away in this one. 16-9. Dean Smith, 9 points. Speaking of 9, Josh Byrne, 4 goals, 3 assists, and uh, usual suspects here. Uh, TN1, the chosen one there, looking pretty good in his rookie debut as well. And Fields was their player of the game. I, I have to box score Cowboy this one. I haven't had a chance to see this game yet. I want to sink my teeth into some some roughnecks prep this week and give this this film and this game the time of it deserves. But just looking at it, like Calgary gives up a seven goal run in the third quarter, and that's the end of the lacrosse game. And that like that doesn't happen for the Calgary Roughnecks. Can't do it. They keep, they keep Dubs. You can't do that for any team. But like that's unheard of for the Roughnecks to allow a seven goal run. I don't think they've done that in in a while, you know, and they keep Delbs in for the full 16. They show some faith there, but they're not able to, to get any goals past Matt Vince and, and that Buffalo D in that third quarter. And that ends up being the lacrosse game. So I don't know how that happened or what came apart in that third, which was the biggest difference. That's the seven goal difference in that lacrosse game. And that was the end of it. So bandits are going to be a tough out. It's not a good look on Calgary to have that final score. I'm sure they were a lot better than that. Just that one quarter lapse. Um, but the Bandits are just going to be a tough out this year, man. Like they, they put up 16 with that offense and with those rookies that both put up big numbers too. That uh, that's pretty scary. Loaded man. Absolutely loaded on the front end, solid defense. And then Vino, uh, they're going to be a force. They are going to be a force to reckon with no question about it. So there's uh the weekly recap and another, like that was a loaded slate. We got another one here in week two as well. But uh, I think I mentioned this later as we're recording kind of, all over the place here tonight, Brad, and and uh, we're going to change things up uh, moving forward here on the podcast format-wise as well. So just uh, be aware here, folks. Uh, settle in. <laughs> we got a long one for you here on 161. Are you making excuses? No, I'm, I'm more than happy to ramble for hours and hours. I, I just feel bad for Ty Merrill because he goes jogging to Lax class and... Like, we're, we're going deep here again on EP 161. We catch up with Mike Hayes in, in quarter two, and I should probably mention this. Uh, he was out and about in the Big Apple down in Manhattan with the family, and a little sketchy audio in quarter two. Hopefully we can kind of clean that up a little bit. But a uh, lot, lot going on around <laughs> Mike Hayes's world while we were talking Nighthawks lacrosse with him in the second quarter. So just uh, be forewarned. About that, but now, Brad, it's time for Quick Sticks here in quarter number one. Quick Sticks, of course, brought to you by the National Lacrosse League and lots of NLL news. But don't forget to sign up for that newsletter. Check out fanatics.ca or nllshop.com. One thing I wanted to just kind of mention here off the top is I had a lot of people asking me about how to watch the games, where to watch the games, uh, all kind of leading up to Friday night. So I just kind of wanted to run this down here quickly. Um, all games, if you live in Canada, will be on tsn.ca. Just because they're being aired on ESPN does not mean they will not be shown 
on TSN. So go to tsn.ca slash live. Sign in through your cable provider. If you don't, just buy a subscription for, for TSN Direct or the TSN Go app. And all the games will be there. They pop up, you know, usually five, ten minutes before face-off. And I will also say this. The league is working on having all the archives up uh, somewhere for, for people. If it's not on TSN, it'll be somewhere else. So I know the links on the website aren't working right now. They are aware of it. They are working on it. And the archives will be available to you. But uh, TSN will have all the games, whether they're in the States, whether they're in Canada, whether they're on TV or just online. Sign in through your cable provider, hit live just before face-off time, and the games will be there for you. Did that, did that all make a sense there, Brad? Because I had a lot of people asking me questions there on Friday. Yeah, makes, uh, it makes sense to me. Okay. Uh, the Swarm had a little P1 scare. They got that straightened away. So uh, their season, their home opener, was almost in jeopardy, which is kind of old news now, but I'm glad they got that sorted out. There is a new board for the Brampton Excelsiors Lacrosse Club. They voted in a new board there. The old guard is gone. Excelsiors are in Brampton. They got a new board. Good news there. Speaking of new, new broadcast team in Saskatchewan, which kind of took me back and off guard, and there's a bit of a backstory to it, and I don't, really want to dive into it and it's unfortunate but uh i'm happy to see cody jansen and uh dupont get the call on color and i should probably know the female's name down the sideline reporter which is escaping me right now and now i feel like a bit of an ass but a new broadcast team there in saskatchewan uh so best of luck to them we're probably going to meet those people this weekend brad as you're off to call the roughnecks and rush for the game of the week this week so what else? Uh, bro- let's stick on broadcasting here for a second. We both watched this game on Friday night. Nick Osello, the new color commentator for the San Diego Seals. And we all kind of know what Nick is and what he's about and his online persona. Kind of coming out of that game, coming away from that game, I was fairly impressed with what Nick Osello brought to the table as a broadcaster. How about you? Yeah. No, yeah, he did fantastic. And, and credit to Steve Govett and the San Diego Seals and Josh Gross. Uh, Joshua B. Gross. Um, they always they're they're not afraid of of trying different things and different people in their broadcast booth. They had Teddy down there. They started out with Doug Locker, Nick Asello getting a little taste in there now. Um, you know, they're pretty innovative and they they want to bring in the best. They want to bring in people who know what they're talking about. So the more ex-players that teams in the league around the league have in the broadcast booth, the better. They bring a nice fresh perspective. And you know, Nick Asello obviously brings uh, a big head and some humor that people were eaten up. So I think it was, it was super entertaining and it's exactly what the sneaks that the seals need. A couple of more team announcements here. ESPN announcing their broadcast team for their linear broadcasts. Uh, Our boy, Brandon glass. Sheen will have play by play. Mr. Luxurious Mitchell Belial will be on color. The talented Devin Caney and, Tabitha will be uh, sharing sideline duties as well for the ESPN broadcast. Nicely done to all of those folks. And a little closer to home here, Brad, uh, Flash Familia, Aiden York, will be uh, live tweeting for for Warriors games on on game night here for the Warriors. So congrats to to Aiden York uh, snaring that game. More quick sticks here. Another... 
friend of the family, so to speak, here. Adam Levy penning out a fantastic article on the Kilgore brothers. I don't know if you had a chance to digest that, Brad, but uh, wicked article. Adam Levy, super talented writer. Talking in, uh, talking lacrosse with Rich and, and Darius Kilgore, who I could listen to talk lacrosse for a very long time. Didn't mention this during the Calgary game. Curtis Dixon's the new captain of the Calgary Roughnecks. The Six Nations Chiefs and Halifax Thunderbirds jerseys, uh, Every Child Matters jerseys, are up for online auction right now. Both of these things are absolutely beautiful and obviously for a good cause. Uh, I might have to snag one or, or both of these, Brad. You've seen these jerseys. They are spectacular, both of them. Yeah, they actually have handprints on them from like Cody Jameson's grandmother and Kurt Styers' mom and and residential school survivors that are close to members of of the Halifax Thunderbirds. So it's pretty remarkable to see these things once you hear those stories. And Tyson Geig and the Halifax media crew pumped out uh, a good video to to that dove a little bit deeper into them and how you can get your hands on one. So a fantastic cause, and, I, and I'm loving to see that lacrosse is tapping in and giving back to to its roots you know like i i know i know what where you're going with that and that's part of what jessica berman the the deputy commissioner has been working on with nll unites and again it's just bringing awareness and reconciliation to something that needs to be talked about so i know it's a tough situation and a tough topic sometimes but again like it's up to People like you and me to, to bring these kind of stories out to the public and, and bring awareness to them. That's what it's all about. I want to make people aware of this, Brad. Uh, the Lax Mag, uh, I think yours and, and probably mine as well. Paul Tutka, one of our favorite writers about lacrosse, uh, coming back with the Lax Mag. And you mentioned Top 100 just kind of coming out, one of the first things. And I'm, I'm real excited to get this in my inbox on a regular basis. I met Tuts on Saturday night for nice. the first time. And it was, it was hilarious. Cause like I used to work for ILA. You know, this guy hired me, um, you know, and signed my paychecks and employed me for, for a while back the day before, before he left to go to us box. And I owe a lot to Paul Tucker for, for allowing me that opportunity, but he's always been so elusive. Like you go to his Twitter pages. He never has his own pictures on there. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't know what Paul Tutka looked like. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I do. Either, I had, to be honest with you. I had this, I had this, it was funny because I'm walking in the broadcast gondola and there's this dude walking towards me. He's wearing a mask and he's like, Brad, and I knew right away it was him. Like, I don't know what the, like the aura or the vibe. And I was like, <laughs> Paul Tutka. Like it was just, it was so weird huh? that I knew exactly who was maybe i kind of figured that he'd be around at some point that i would run into him but i just knew man i just i just knew i felt the vibe and it was nice to nice to actually meet him and shake his hand in real life for the first time but a phenomenal website he's put together the top 100 obviously not without his controversy nothing paul tutka does is going to be a little (laughs) without controversy jeff teed is number 11 jumbo i know you said you scrolled the top 10 but he's got rookies on there who haven't played a game in the national lacrosse league yet and jeff teed is number 11 above like yeah, I think he's above Curtis Dixon. I don't wow. know if Curtis Dixon was in wow. the top ten. Um, <laughs> he might be higher on pretty, my list. <laughs> pretty, pretty remarkable, man. Pretty, yeah. pretty remarkable. Brian Smith is on the list. Um, again, I said nice to see Owen Barker on the list. Mitch Jones is in the top yeah, he's ten. Top ten. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just know from talking to a couple of people over the weekend, everyone's really high on Mitch Jones right now and what he brings to a look. Why wouldn't you be, man? The guy's a, he's a well-liked guy. And he's versatile. He can do it all, and it's nice to see. But he's getting 
published recognition of being one of the top 10 players in the game. Absolutely. So uh, subscribe, follow along at the Lax Mag, and you won't be disappointed on that. couple more here. Uh, I think you mentioned Tyson Gick. Uh, managed to get his NLL minute up on the TSN website, which I thought was pretty neat. Uh, I saw the Dawson boys kind of do a thing with uh, the bar down guy there. And, they're starting to add more content up on the TSN website, and Tyson's NLL Minute is going to be a part of that. So that's good for lacrosse. It's good for him. The last one actually just came across our eyes uh, moments before hitting the record button here tonight, Brad, with the Toronto Beaches being suspended from the Ontario Junior A Lacrosse Association, or league, I should say, now, I don't know if you kind of follow along the story here, Brad, but I had uh, Jason Shellworth on the program, kind of a special one-off podcast, talking about how the owner, he is the owner of the Toronto Beaches, and also now a new owner of the Toronto LC of the Tawaraton Lacrosse League, and all this kind of business about the conflict of what it's going to be like to have two teams in two separate leagues that are essentially competing against each other. He didn't seem to think it was going to be a problem. Apparently that's not what Mark Grimes and company at the OJ seem to think here as uh, they're out. Big problem. Apparently here's the statement. Commissioner Mark Grimes announced today that the Toronto beaches junior A lacrosse club and lacrosse club and its representatives have been suspended indefinitely from the Ontario junior lacrosse league based on public statements and their intention to defect to a competitor of the Ontario lacrosse association quote, we must take steps to defend the Ontario junior lacrosse league and the Ontario lacrosse association, especially where team representatives decide they intend to take steps against the league's best interest and quote, this uh, saga between the OJ and the Tawaraton is going nowhere. It's going to be, well, I don't know, man. This this just seems so counterproductive to me. I don't even know where to begin with it, but stay tuned, I suppose. Well, it's just, this is just, there's this silliness. Stupid story like this every couple months, right? This is just what happens with, with lacrosse. And just want to punch be- each other in the face. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, shoot each other in the foot. And the people that are going to get hurt are the players that are going to have to choose like where to play. It's just not fair for a 19. I know they want to, I think TLL wants to kind of get the older kids yeah. that are in college, maybe get them before they get to major series. But, you know, the younger kids are going to have to make a choice and then get a chance to get barred from from the OLA if they go play it in TLL game. So it's it's the kids are are, are what's in jeopardy right now, and that's unfortunate. It is. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. I knew this was kind of going to be a problem when, when I talked to him. Like, how are you going to have a team in both leagues? Like, that is not going to... Oh, it'll be fine. Well, not so much. Uh, Brad, that is going to wrap up Quick Sticks here on EP161. We still have a monster program ahead here. Quarter two is coming up. We're going to check in with the head coach of the Rochester Nighthawks, Mike Hazen. We'll be back right after this. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Gary Gate. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. 
Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into quarter number two. And speaking of two, just two teams left here for our NOL previews. And before I forget, Brad, because I think I did last week, season previews brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Already out Christmas shopping. I think uh, our next guest actually might be doing that right now. Um... Head to Stampede Tech and Western Wear, or just hop online where it's still shopping local at stampede.ca. Pick yourself up a gift card. You can make them any denomination you like. And then they can just go to the store, pick out whatever they want, or they can go online at stampede.ca and pick up something cool from our good friends at Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Head coach of the Rochester Nighthawks, former player. We were just kind of chatting before we got on here, air here, and you've been with the Rochester Nighthawk organization as a player and as a coach since 1999, which is just bonkers. The head coach there in Rochester since 2009. Mike Hazen back on Lax Class. Uh, coach, thanks for doing this. I know you're you're out and about right now in the Big Apple, cruising around Manhattan, uh, doing a little Christmas shopping with the family. How's it going? It's good. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm walking down, what did I say, 6th Street here, I guess, right now. And yeah, I got my wife and my two girls. Uh, yeah. They love Christmas, so why not come down here during Christmas time, right? All right. So, I'm, not sure if I'm not sure if your credit card loves Christmas or not, Mike, but be careful <laughs> down there in Manhattan. Things can get out of control pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, one 100%. Thing, yeah, one thing that did not get out of control was the score uh, in, in your opener there against the Riptide. Pretty tight contest all the way. You guys come out on top on that thing. Uh, before we kind of get into your roster, maybe we'll just check in with you on, on the performance there on Saturday night. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good game. As you said, it was a tight game all the way through. We went up by a couple. They come right back and tie it or get ahead one. And yeah, it was back and forth all night. And we kind of, towards the end of it there, kind of had uh, flashbacks to our first year. We're going, holy, uh, holy, let's not do this again. But we managed to, to seal up. Turkey made the last couple saves there. And uh, Hoagie got one first in overtime. So we'll take it and we'll run. Any any observations on how the league looked and felt in in week one there, Mike? I've heard like so. There's some games that were really scrambly. Some games are really fast paced and high energy. But you feel anything's changed over the last twenty months? I think it's that you know it's going to take a little bit of time. I think for most teams to kind of get their feet under them a little bit. It's been twenty months right before anybody's really played. Uh, we're still a group that's trying to figure out each other. You know, not getting that full year year one. Um, there's still a little bit of chemistry to build, but uh, the guys we had coming in this season, and especially on our front end with uh, with Hobie, um, Matty Gilray uh, as well, they they're guys that have played together in Peterborough or other teams. Um, so it's it was a little more seamless, and we liked where we were where we were coming out of training camp. And again, we'll take the result and we'll get a little bit better with moving forward. Speaking with Mike Hayes and, and, and Hazar, I just want to make sure that you're talking right in. I know you're out, out walking around, but I want to make sure the listeners can hear you loud and clear. So if you can just kind of concentrate on talking into your speaker there a little bit better for us. Um, Rochester Nighthawks look a little bit uh, different, like you mentioned, uh, than, than they did when we took the break here. Touch on some of the new guys on your roster and, and what they bring to the table. Yeah, uh, well, first up, let's go through our draft pick. Uh, like Ryan Smith, uh, big body on that right side. Um, and he can shoot the ball at time, and he does all the little things, getting Shawnee open, and 
uh, he's going to figure out this game soon enough because uh, he had tons of opportunities, fell a little short on uh, on a couple of them, hit the, hit the bar, I think, on one. Um, for a guy, for maybe for maybe the people that haven't seen Ryan Smith play yet, just I mean, I would compare him to maybe like a guy like Tyler Digby. Like he is a thick boy and and got the soft hands to go along with it, right? You know what he does? Yes, you know what I mean. I don't think he's as big as Tyler is. Uh, Tyler is a big, huge man. Uh, Ryan's a big boy. Yeah, and, and he's a young kid, so he's got uh, he's going to learn. He's going to learn quick enough. But we got some good teachers, especially with Nider. Um, and working with Shawnee, Shawnee kind of tells him uh, what he needs to do. And, and, and sometimes it's for Shawnee to get open, but uh, that's okay for a young kid because he's going to get open off of it. So, but yeah, he's, uh, yeah, for game one, you're happy with where he was, to say the least. Uh, and I think on the front end there, Thomas Hogarth, he's fit in seamlessly with Shawnee, you know, playing in Peterborough, playing together in the Buffalo that one year as well. That guy can play with yeah. anybody. Hey, Mike, like he just, whatever you need out of him, he's going to bring to the table for you. 100%. And he's also a guy that uh, I know that I, we can trust if he goes in the back end and plays as a yeah. defense for us. He can, he, is, he can do it all for us, right? and that's great. And we made that trade for him. It was We felt we, we stole him, and, and we're happy he's here, to say the least, as well as Matty Goray in the back end as well. He's a guy that's going to help. Uh, push the ball in transition for us. So um, played great D as well, and, and he did that in game one. Bradley, did we lose him? Did we lose mute Bradley? button? Mute, okay, mute button. Noise, go, noise. Yeah, welcome, Zoom, welcome back, Zoom rookie here. Welcome Sorry about back. that. Yeah. I was going to say, hey, is there a um, couple big free agent signings in the off season, bringing in you know veterans and a captain of his former team in Dan Coates and Evan Kirk, who's who's won just about everything in this league and in lacrosse. How did you, do you convince those guys to to make Rochester their new home? You know what? It was uh, I would lay that one on Danny. Danny had uh, some great conversations with these guys, um, especially with Coatee. I think he called him at Fox uh, Rut Twelve, and he was on the phone to him saying, "You know, trying to sell it." So, um, and, and glad he's here because what he can do for us is it's unmeasurable on the floor number one. Because uh, what he does in the locker room, he's just super serious and super dialed in and super focused. And he's going to teach our young four, you know, what it's going to take to be in this league. Um, and then Kirky, uh, like I say, we called Kirky right away as well. Um, and I think Kirky was more of an opportunity of uh, circumstances with him getting a new job with the uh, police department. You know, we were originally planning on him missing uh, a big handful of games. So... The schedule is kind of changed around a little bit, and, uh, and so he's not going to miss as much as expected. But uh, yeah, it was the best for him at that particular time, and I'm glad he chose there because when he played for us in game one, you know, we were that's two things we, we talked about when we left after year one was getting a few more saves, uh, shoring up our D, and then our offense to kind of grow and, and develop as a unit. So, and that happened in week one. We had a couple of big set stops, especially late in the third quarter or fourth quarter there. Uh, overtime as well. I think they had three chances in, uh, in overtime, and they made some big saves, and we got our one chance and buried it. So it's uh, good to see her for us moving forward. Speaking with the head coach of the Rochester Nighthawks, Mike Hazen, and of course, uh, you got the big fella there, the captain in Paul Dawson, who I think you know probably really sets the tone in that locker room, what the culture wants to be and needs to be there in Rochester, and, and instant respect for a guy that has really been around a long time and, and done it all in this league. Hundred percent, and he's uh, he's a he's a guy that we wanted to bring in here, and, and really glad he chose to come here in year one because 
for me personally, he's the guy that I can point to and say, kind of do what he does. Um, he works so hard off the floor. Um, as preparation for this game is, uh, is dynamite for our young kids to learn from. Um, and he's not afraid to uh, guide us, and keep uh, his teammates accountable, and keep, uh, keep the staff accountable as well. He speaks his mind, and, and he plays. And the better thing is, is he backs it up on the floor for us. So it's, it's great to see. How would you identify the, the sort of, well, I guess, identity of this team is what I want to ask. Like if someone does say, what kind of lacrosse do the Rochester Nighthawks play right now? What are you telling them? I think uh, we're going to be working hard for the most part. Um, like I say, there we got talent, um, but our talent's really going to show through when uh, when we're working hard, and it, and it comes in from the back end forward. Again, personally, I'm a D guy as well, so I have a little more thoughts uh, towards the heartstrings, I guess, on the back end, and I just want to make sure that they're working hard and they can lead by example and have our offense uh, feed off them and, and play well from there. And another year together with, with Matt Giles and, and Pat O'Toole, that, a kind of a coaching staff that, that Danny assembled for you. And I, I, I don't know, Dan or Mike, you tell me, was it a bit of a work in progress kind of? I know Pat's been around a while, but adding a new coach, and, and that'll help having another year under your belt together. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you see, we, were, we were trying to find our way everywhere from top down. Uh, like I know Dan Carey for a little bit uh, previously through – Playing against them maybe for a year before I uh, before I retired. Um, and just seeing around Peterborough and such. So we're just all trying to learn each other. Um, and then same thing on the floor. The guys were learning their tendencies and, and stuff on the floor. So 100% having that extra, having that year under our belt. And and I think the thing for us right now too is uh, we brought in Kyle Clay as well. Um, he's uh, he's one of our video coaches, but he's working with GI on the offensive end. Sorry, and Mike, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, who who'd you bring in on video? Uh, uh, Kyle Clay. Oh, okay. So he's uh, he's from he coaches at the Hill, um, Orangeville guy. Yeah. And uh, he 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 allows GI to talk offense. Patty and I can kind of look at an offense and try and stop it, but to be creative type deal, yeah, he's a good sounding board for GI. The two of them are getting along very well together, and yeah, it's going to be good for us here moving forward. Let's talk about a guy that you've seen a lot of over the years coached in Peterborough, Mike, is, is Sean Evans, who's still getting it done, still led the way with seven points for you guys, and is still that that energy righty that he always has been, that spark plug. How have you seen his game evolve over the last few years, and, and what are you expecting from him this season? Uh, hopefully he can hear me, but Johnny's, Johnny's probably one of the biggest competitors in my life. Uh, he wants to win every single shift. It doesn't matter, and he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure he comes on the right side of it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's matured. Um, he's matured a lot. He's got a family that he cares for. And, you know, that's first and foremost in his mind now. So he's not as uh, silly as he once used to be, but, uh, he just brings it every single night. And yeah, he's, uh, he's like the first drink on most nights, especially on the front end. But, uh, it's, yeah, the fire is still burning pretty damn bright there for Shawnee, I would say. Hey, Mike, uh, the rivalry continues this this Saturday as uh, the Bandits are coming to town, and that's always one of the best games of the year when, when the Bandits head into Rochester or vice versa. Uh, but the Blue Cross Arena, a little facelift since we've seen it last. I don't know if you've had a chance to get in there during training camp or not, but uh, pretty exciting stuff happening around there as well. 
Yeah, 100%. They did. Uh, we got in there in the last week of, of training camp. Um, supposed to be there week one, and a couple of little issues with some paperwork and such where we weren't able to cross the border. Yeah, at that particular you and time, others, so. you and others, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So it was, uh, yeah, we managed to get in there uh, the week before the season started, so two weeks ago. Um, and they, uh, and I, I said to a few people, they, the work they did in the arena, they, they made us our own dressing room, and it seems, finally seems like, feels like home. Um, it, and again, it was always a great atmosphere to play with in front of, with the fans and such, but we were always kind of personal thought is that we were kind of a bit of an afterthought. Like we had to share the Amherst room. That's, you know, couldn't yeah. go there because that's the Amherst stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we got shoved down in the back corner um, at one point as well. And now it's, it's, it's ours. Uh, it's all our colors. The guys got in there, picked all their spots. So we, uh, we're starting to make this feel like home. So we're going to be proud to represent uh, and play in Rochester. At least. There's what four teams in New York now in the National Lacrosse League, which is which is pretty crazy in itself. In Albany, Rochester, Buffalo, and New York Riptide. Obviously, Jumbo's just talking about the, the rivalry with Buffalo, but do you feel like the Riptide might be coming? You one of your biggest rivals now that you came in around the same time and you've had some good games against each other. It's Manchester Sisters. I think we'll always always be tied for it, uh, tied together for it. And yeah, you know what? We're we're on the same path um, right now. We're you know, we managed to sneak out one against them this year. And then, again, year one, two, we managed to sneak it out ahead of them. So that game, I think every game is going to be tight this year. And uh, it's going to come down to whoever's playing the best who's going to have that opportunity to win. So we just got to make sure we're focused and, uh, yeah, playing our best lacrosse every time we step on the floor. Well, uh, after talking to you, Hazer, I don't know, man. I'm, like, considering Chelsea. I had Buffalo marked down this week, but after talking to the head coach of the Night Hawks, Brad, I don't know who you got. Pandering. Be, quit I pandering might, might to the guests. I might be switching here. Uh, listen, Mike, uh, make sure you say hi to, to our guy, Craig Rosimski, Mr. Tom Borelli back there, who enters his 20th year in the NLL calling National Cross League games. The guy's a legend. Uh, say hi to Ripper for me. Best of luck with the Nighthawks this season. And stay away from the three-card Monty down there on, on Broadway, okay? <laughs> That's why I brought my wife. But thanks, guys. I appreciate it. There he is, <laughs> head you. coach, Rochester Nighthawks, Mike Hazen. Uh, 09, Brad. That like I knew he'd been there a long time, but 09. You know, and I didn't get a chance to ask this. Uh, and I wonder if he did have the opportunity, probably did, assuming that he had the opportunity to go to Halifax. But this sounds like a guy whose heart and soul yeah. is in Rochester. He's seen it from pretty much the beginning. And he's he's part of there now for this special sort of rebirth of Nighthawks 2.0. So, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a big member of that community. And I'm glad that he was the guy to stick it out. And it totally made sense when that announcement years, a couple of years ago yeah. did, right? It was like, Oh, Hazers, everything's changed about Rochester, but Hazers did. Yeah. yeah that, that, that him and O'Toole, like him and O'Toole, I think has been there just about as long as, as he has. There was one year there where he, like he kind of said, like I got forced into retirement. So <laughs> didn't sound too happy about that one year away. And then came back the next year as the head coach and hasn't looked back since. So one of the best, Minds in the game, one of the best coaches in the game. Super successful career in, in as a player and as a coach. And uh, he's got his night out to a 1-0 lead. Yeah, and I think it's going to be an interesting season for the Rochester Nighthawks. Yeah, they're a scrappy, they're a scrappy team. Like, look at the just look at the way that their roster is built with Dawson and Evans and Hogarth, and these are all guys that have edge. So I think anytime mm-hmm. you play against the Rochester well, Nighthawks, right? it's going to be an app. Yeah, it's going to be a gritty slugfest it's it's going to be a battle and they've got a couple of guys that can score goals and i'm super high 
on Ryan Smith. You know, I think he's, you mentioned that Digby comparison. I yeah. think a little bit more skill there, a little bit more playmaking ability. He Hickey, does have that maybe, crash and bang size. I, I think he's a better playmaker though. You know, like I think he can get 60 assists in addition to 30 goals and be bacon, a little bit more uh, Where's the bacon sizzling drop right there? Uh, from hot take Brad Challenger. That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. So the Nighthawks, Nighthawks will be, they'll be fun to watch. It'll be a battle every weekend, but this weekend coming up, Buffalo, Buffalo Bandits, as good as they looked last week. Is there a team that could get in their way right now? Vino going up against his old team there. Yeah, it's going to be a good one in Roch Vegas this weekend. Uh, Brad, we got to get to halftime, break time here on Lax Class 161. We go from a head coach to a GM and a head coach. Uh, one of our favorite guests here on the podcast, Paul Day, head coach and GM of the Philly Wings, is next. Quarter three coming up. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Mike Kersey, head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. We're into the second half of action here. Third quarter, Jake Kelly, Brad Schellner with you. And with us since day number one, our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Uh, as the people know here, the proprietor there of ALP, Sean Ashworth, uh, who's been my longtime friend, went to high school together and everything else. He has been a San Francisco 49ers fan since uh, the day I met him. And uh, of course, I'm being a big Seahawks fan. He made his way to to go out of his way to get at me over the weekend and, and wanted to place down a bet because, of course, my Hawks have been struggling. His Niners have been on a roll. Well, uh, that, that kind of backfired on the big boss there at Associated. Hawks win, baby. Uh, so, he goes further in the hole, but uh, you need a label, you need a package, uh, help him out because he's just lost a bunch of money over the weekend. AssociatedLP.com. They focus on ethics, quality, and of course, family owned. Associated labels and packaging. Back on the podcast, one of our favorite guests to chat lacrosse with here is the general manager, head coach of the Philadelphia Wings, Paul Day. Welcome back. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm imagining feeling pretty good after a big overtime victory by your wings on the weekend. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, first off, thanks for having me. And uh, Brad, welcome back. And uh, hopefully everybody at West is doing well, especially in the lower mainland. Obviously, yeah. lots of friends out there and uh, concerned about you guys. But yep, it's a little snow, it just great, a little snow great. this morning, Paul. We got a little dusting uh, here in the lower oh, mainland. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Well, People are freaking a, out here on the West no one's, Coast. No one's driving anywhere yeah. for the next week. <laughs> what a down. day in Vancouver. A little couple of firings, a little wow, yeah. girl coming in. And, uh, yeah. Some yeah, Philly too. Philly too. You Philly guys, too, yeah. He got let go. Yeah, I guess they didn't want to be uh, outdone by someone else in the league. So, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's a lot of surprises around the hockey league, but... Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm you know, really excited to be back yeah, on. Yeah, let's talk lacrosse, man. Uh, like I mentioned, overtime victory. I was a little worried there out of the gates, uh, Paul. i got to admit, you're Panther City getting out to a lead on you. And then a, a, you know, a bad back check there kind of changed and swung the momentum around. Then you guys were trading punches for a while. And 
comes down to a, a big face-off win by TB, and and uh, Mr. Rambo there goes on to, to seal the deal. But uh, that was a tight one there with Panther City out of the gate, but nice to be 1-0. You know, it was a really good lacrosse game. I think that's uh, that's that's what I took out of that game is, uh, you know, they're a good team. We knew TK would bring that kind of passion, and they play with TK's passion. They run the floor. They're a big offense. I thought they had excellent goaltending at all, and I thought he had a great game start to finish. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 7-4 of them in the first half, 8-4 us in the half, second half. So every game for us in Philly's uh, all 18 home and away are going to be live in Philly, whether it's ESPN, NBC, or PH-17 is one of our other partners. So That's awesome. Exciting for the people to watch. Good crowd, uh, and, too, uh, Paul. Like, what? I didn't hear the number, but looking uh, yeah, on TV, it looked pretty good. It was decent. I think everybody's a little light to start the year, just uh, coming out of a pandemic. but. Sure. Uh, you know, all in all, I think our first half, we weren't all that urgent. Second half, we were. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun lacrosse game. And uh, good for them. They've put a really nice team together. And uh, I think they're going to be a reckon. They'll be reckoning in the, the West, obviously. And they've got a nice nice young backup goalie that we've seen in San Diego, too. Sure. And Demute. So we're happy with the result. And it's great for us. we got a lot to, lot to work on. We're here to talk about Philadelphia Wings, obviously, not to harp too much on Panther City, but we did talk to TK last week, and you know he was saying it was a good matchup to start because he spent so much time with Philly, knows some of the systems, knows the organization, so I think that gave them um, a pretty good card to play with. But you know, how did he? He said he learned a lot from you. Anything you picked up from from Tracy Koleski over the years working with him? Yeah, obviously, you know we're both from kind of the same neighborhood in Peterborough, so um, I guess he'd be seven or eight years behind me, same high school, like probably three or four streets down. So um, I'm actually really good friends with his sister and uh, his brother-in-law were really good friends. We have a kind of both have the same places up on a lake uh, north of Peterborough. So, but lacrosse wise, you know, passion and uh, yeah, he's got, he's got an unbelievable offensive mind, which I've taken over the offense. So kind of gone back to my Rochester days, which is nice because uh, you know, we've got two or three new players in our offense. So we've changed, you know, what obviously we, a lot what he did, but now we've we've been able to change it. Just be bringing in Macintosh and and Corey Small, which brings us some different elements, um, some different pieces. And I mean, I think of growing up in Peterborough, the way we put teams together, it's it's kind of all about you know roles, and it's about guys that will play without the ball. I think is so important, and you know Ben Macintosh for us has been huge. And Smalls, he's really a guy who plays without the ball too. He's a catch and shoot guy. So two things we needed. So as far as learning from TK, I, you know, the passion and I mean, he had a lot to do with, and same as Ian Rubel runs our D's, you know, been a head coach in junior lacrosse and Landon Miller. We put this team together, um, together as a group. It wasn't just myself. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I miss TK and, but wish him all the best there. And he's done a hell of a job there. Never mind uh, catch and shoot. Kitty had six assists in that game, <laughs> by the way. Uh, another guy that, that fills a role for you, Paul, and, and fills it pretty damn well, I would say, would be Trevor Baptiste. Uh, just looking at the box score here before we kind of get onto your roster. 25 of 27 faceoffs. Like that, you can't dominate a game any more than that. And and I just like I look at him when he's getting interviewed now. I look at him when he's out there playing defense now, and the guy just looks as comfortable as can be. And one of the best draw guys in the league. You're coming up with, you know, twenty five extra possessions for your team. That's a big difference. Yeah, and he's a guy that you know he plays a regular shift on D, and 
he took the ball in the net probably five or six times, maybe a couple times when he shouldn't, but that's kind of a learning process. But he's a guy who created all night for us as well. So, I mean, um, he loves the game. Um, he loves our team. He loves being around it. His family's from Jersey. So um, yeah, he's an unbelievable teammate. And, uh, you know, we're quite fortunate to be able to have him in the organization. And and I think that's, you know, we've, we've tried to build this model on the old teams in the 90s and early 2000s in Philly where they're all, you know, the culture in Philly, you know, whether it's hockey, football. Chopper will be happy. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think they're really happy because it's very similar. These are guys that are going to work for each other, and they're unselfish. And, you know, TB, for him and Matt Rambo, Blaze is a little different because he's played a lot more box than those guys. But those two guys, they might have only played 30 box games, and they've all been in the NLL. Yeah, so it's (laughs) not crazy. I still think they're sealing and – you know, Isaiah Davis Allen's another guy who's probably played maybe 12 or 15. Like, they're getting better every day, and uh, I think that's important for the league. Like, we want to, you know, we want to be pretty representative of our community there in Philly and the area, and we want U.S. guys that want to play in this league. And, you know, I don't want to talk about on their league, but I think they really enjoy being part of a team in a city and being part of a family rather than, you know, maybe a traveling mm-hmm. league that obviously is doing great things for lacrosse as well. I pick up what you're yeah, putting you know down. What I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think a, a lot of teams, a lot of teams talk that talk, but they don't walk that walk. Expansion teams come in and they say they want to start plucking players from the local markets down south. And it doesn't happen as much as it does in Philly for, I guess, for that family reason. Um, you know, talk about, talk about Matt Rambo. Like he's the guy who had that game winning shot for you in overtime. And that's, that must be a huge confidence booster for him. And, and for all those offensive weapons that you have to say, no, this is, this is the guy who's going to take that shot. Um, you know, how do you kind of determine whose ball that, that shot's going to come from in OT? Yeah, it's funny. <clears throat> I think we all knew that, you know, the play in overtime wasn't for him to shoot, but at the end of that timeout, he's like, if I got the shot, I'm taking it. I'm like, absolutely. Yes. Like that's always <laughs> yeah. everybody's plan is if you got the shot, you take it, forget the play. So, um, and another guy that, you know, we got late in the expansion draft. I remember watching that draft because I actually, I mean, I didn't start with Philadelphia until January, but I'd already left the Nighthawks. I already knew. I was going to Philadelphia in the fall when that draft was on. And I remember New England taking him. I'm always, always watching because Joe Walters had played there as well. And another guy who's just pure lefty, no switching hands. And I'm like, this guy, he looks like he played Peterborough, like, you know, 5'11", 200, thick. Joey Heltz. Joey Heltz. Miss, yeah. Missing a tooth, right? Yeah. And, like, basically, he's built for the box game. So when we're, you know, obviously he didn't play in New England that year. So we called him up and he was like, I'd love to play in my hometown. And he's a, he's a great guy. And uh, again, like he's, he's just getting better. But I said to him after the game, uh, you know, the maturity of him blazer at the front door with us now is like, they're leaders up there. They are like slow things down. They understand, you know, the 32nd clock, they understand late myth, you know, late in a quarter, their maturity. And they're the ones talking on the bench now to each other, but we should do this. We should do that. And, that's come a long way. And I, I, I mean, I, like I said, the, I don't know how his ceiling is. It's unlimited for those two guys. Speaking and just, of, you watch that, you watch that goal and Blazers cutting the net to create that lane for him. Blazers open as well. Yeah. And uh, I mean, people will say about Matt's goal there, but that's created by Blazer being so smart with the pick and now, roll game. Now ball. everybody's going to go back and, and watch that play and, and, take it for their own paul so be careful what uh what you wish for here Crow, Crow, crowley's open too don't worry i don't, 
<laughs> I've already got a, I've already got a play set up, an old school play set up off that for the next time okay, we go. Variations, we to... variations are important. Uh, how about uh, your captain there, Moose Calmatiz? I've been showing off a little personality this year, I would say, Polly. Uh, with Red, she like I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen Kyle uh, kind of go with the flair there, but the red kicks, uh, he really does it all for your Philadelphia Wings: back door, front door, loose balls, power play, whatever you need. Kyle Matisse is going to fill the role. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know he he sets the tone in the locker room, uh, dressing room, whatever you want to call it. He, uh, I mean, he's a, one of the reasons you know we brought him in from georgia was to to set the tone i think any good organization it's i like to say we're a player-led organization so you know the players the internal leadership in that room is so important and that's that's really the success of the team we can be great coaches but if they're not following or they're not following uh what moose and the leadership group are selling then it doesn't matter how good a coach you are so yeah he's you know, I've been around some good locker rooms. Rochester was unbelievable. Ours in Peterborough is real good. He's in there as well um, with Hopi. But uh, it's so important. And uh, from day one, that was kind of, hey, listen, we're going to have a rough – we could have a rough first year, which everybody kind of does. But he is the key to our success as a culture and as a group. And, you know, great person off the field and great teammate and, you know, makes a great team. How is um how is Zach Higgins upped his game the last couple of years? You know, he was a guy who he was gonna be he was a he was you know split a lot of time in the teams that he was at, and then the last year or so with Philly just took his game to an absolute next level. In between then, Brad, where he like was kind of out of the league, got a couple of he was looks a third string in Vancouver at yeah. one point. Remember that he was a third string yeah, like, had a one had a one game tryout in in Calgary and then tossed aside again. Like he's really battled to keep himself relevant and in the league and then get better. Paul, like Brad was mentioning, to the to the point where now he's a bona fide starter in this league. How's that happen? Yeah, yeah, I think you know going obviously going to the ALL and spending time in there and. Uh, you know, I noticed it in the summer before we traded for him. Uh, he was spectacular in Brooklyn, and he had spent the last winter with Vino. So, you know, I've, I think I've spent over a decade with he's Vino. He's pretty since good. We're, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty good. good. Yeah. Since, we were, since we were in Orlando um, in 2010, I think, you know, a year with him and the way Vino studies the game, um, you know, he was – Zach was texting me today about the New York game because – he kind of does his own video. So he's a student of the game. And, but Ben McIntosh in practice in training camp, like third week, and it was like, wow, Higgy is good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's real good. And uh, yeah, he's just, if Benny's saying that, 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 that'll tell you something, right? For me, it's efficiency. It's just stay inside the red pipes. Anything other than that, don't worry about it. And I think that's maybe he was more of an active goalie before, but he's so efficient in his pipes now. And uh, the other thing I noticed last year with us or year and a half, whenever it was, is his rebound control. He doesn't give rebounds. And I think that is outstanding for a goaltender. And, uh, you know, he's obviously got a good stick because he's a field goalie, but his rebound control is some of the best I've ever seen, which, you know, no resets. It's huge. Yeah. A couple of more minutes here with the GM and head coach of the Philadelphia Wings, Paul Day. You mentioned like by design and filling roles and what makes a good team. And I'm, I'm looking at your back end. We talked about the goalies. You talked to, about the offense a lot here. And I'm looking at your back end, and you bring in Creppy, which you know, huge team guy, and just guy that's gonna grind through diamonds for you during 60 minutes of play. Uh, 
Johnny Rannigan, another real character piece in your back end. Charbonneau, I think, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. And and, and then some young guys in there as well. Like Wagner's been around this league for a while now. you got a real good mix of, of young, middle, and, and then some veteran guys on the back end. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think when the pandemic hit, uh, our average age was between 25 and 26 back there. So it was a young group, but uh, we wanted to add some, you know, Free agents, 30-year-olds. So Rannigan, energy, huge in the room, positive guys, really fun to be around. So that I think that's so important. And obviously, you know, 6'5", strong and can run. <laughs> yeah. uh, Creppy, you'll go through a whole game. That's Landon Miller came in after the game. He's like, I never noticed him once. Well, that's, that's really it. important. Perfect. <laughs> and a guy who's a junior A, you know, junior A coach in Burlington. Yeah. Uh, so it's like having another coach back there and then Brock Sorensen, who's, you know, out right now, probably till February or March, just kind of getting back to where he wants to be. So we wanted to bring those 30 years, 30 year olds in to kind of surround everybody. And, you know, I, I, I think of our D in Rochester, when we won those three championships, obviously we had Sid Smith and then we had a lot of forgotten guys, you know, let's say, Hey, listen, Soupy Campbell released by box. Then we picked him up. Ian Lord released by Buffalo in Roch. We picked him up. So, I think we're a bit of a no-name defense, but uh, Ian Rubel, who uh, obviously, he's, you know, I think he won three or four championships in but Toronto. But was kind of like that, though, right, Paul? Like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a genius back there on the computer. So basically, he'll take uh, game video, and then he'll have – he's a computer guy. Like, he was a, a graphic designer, and then he was a, a detective with our cybercrimes division, and he takes animation and video together. Okay, this is what's happening. This is, and then it'll go right to animation. Wow. Wow. This is what we want to do. So, oh, oh, no very, way. Yeah, Innovative. So way above my head. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy does a great job, and, uh, and they follow, and that's kind of our group. Very athletic, but again, very efficient. They don't chase all over the place. We did the first year, but yeah, it's a good group. And uh, again, I think, you know, this group of D's can be here, you know, in the next three to five years. Well, talk about yourself. For a second, I remember when we had you on when Philly got announced, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were just retiring from um, the police force, and you're like, hey, this is my first time full-time in in lacrosse. Um, how, how much does that change your philosophies and just the amount of time that you get to spend now on lacrosse all the time? Do you think you're a better coach and a manager because of that now? Oh, 100%. 100%, Dad. I mean, I've spent a lot of, I spent a lot of time, especially during the pandemic, you know, really the mental part of the game for our players and, uh, you know, some analytics part of the game that we've, we're utilizing. But I think, you know, I spent four hours this morning doing 61 clips from our offense uh, from every possession we had, just little things. And then uh, tonight I'll spend, uh, after we get off the call, we're going to watch the game raw, like enjoy the game as a fan, but also as, cause I, you know, I don't get to see it also make some notes and then finish up my video tomorrow. So, um, I'm also, you know, I'm also the assistant coach now, so it's a lot of work, but, uh, you know, uh, the transition definitely has been, been fantastic. Plus, you know, I've been able to concentrate on, you know, major series lacrosse in the summer as well and build a pretty good group there with some great people. So, uh, well, listen, yeah, no, I'm, 
listen, Coach, uh, we haven't made our, our Who You Got picks yet. Uh, those are coming up. Evan's not joining us till, till later, so you can give us the inside scoop here as he hit in on to the Riptide. Uh, what do you know about these guys, and, and what do you expect to come this weekend when you hook up with New York? Well, I think their offense is so dynamic now. It's, uh, you know, it's tenfold better than it was. Jeff Teed, I talked to Dan after the game. It's like watching, you know, I, I was a rookie with uh, T, um, JT in Vancouver with the Brards and then in Buffalo. You putting, that, you putting that on him right now, Coach? Uh, Jeff no, Teed, John watching. Tavares comparison here? I, I don't think you're guys, that far off, quite frankly. No, so but just if, the way he's like a young JT, different in that JT was a lot more physical. Yeah. But I don't think we've seen anybody that smart in a while and uh, so smooth. And I mean, obviously, I've watched him probably since he was a kid, but mm-hmm. very enjoyable to watch. And, uh, you know, keep an eye on him, man. Beyond, yeah, I'll tell you now, I'm going Philly, but you keep that 51 in check, please. Yeah. How about his first year in senior? We, uh, we spanked them pretty bad in Brampton, but then the next night we're in Peterborough <laughs> yeah. and we're like down six, one, he's got a hat trick in the first period. I'm like, wow, this yeah. guy's. Yeah. So, I mean, and obviously I think, you know, they revamped their D they've got some great leadership and Damon and some other guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I like their team. They're a much better team. And I think uh, they had a great game with Rochester. Unbelievable goal to score. Uh, Kiernan is a great addition to an off-ball guy, another guy that doesn't have to have the ball. Very important in this league. So it'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't really, you know, I haven't cut up their tape yet, but I did quite a bit in the preseason because they played Fort Worth uh, their last game. Right. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. When when does shift? When does focus shift for you to start really dicing them up and and talking to your team about the next the next matchup? So our here our, here's our schedule. Like we play Friday, but usually it's like this: Sunday's a day off, travel, enjoy. Like I won't even watch a game or anything. I'll just enjoy family, mm-hmm. the NFL. Then Monday morning, six a.m. start on us. Monday, Tuesday, really focus and clean us up, and then Wednesday, Thursday, look at the other team, and then. Friday's a clean day. We get to practice Friday night. And our practice Friday nights are in Philly, about an hour and 20 minutes of good tempo. And then uh, obviously shoot around the next day. So Man, we kind of break that life I want to live right there, Paul. Like just lacrosse seven days away. Maybe take Sunday off there. But that, I mean, that sounds like a pretty good time to me. It's a pretty good. And you know what? Like 43-minute flight from Buffalo to, to Philly. And I'm like less than an hour to the airport. So pretty fortunate where we are here and i mean going into philly it's an unbelievable sports town and you know the guy at the rental car we say i watched it on tv coach and like you know it's a huge city but they're they They love love their sports especially Especially when you're a winner right like you got to win in that town paul 100 percent. yeah and you know what you have to do i learned this the first year you have to show up and work that's what they want you to do if you don't if you don't win and you're working they're gonna they respect that that's it yeah they don't care. That's what you got to do. Well, I bring. I have no doubt uh, that you instill that in those guys, Paul. It's been fun to watch kind of the evolution of the wing, the rebirth of the wings here. And uh, I know big things are expected this season. Best of luck uh, on, on the 1-0 start here and, and down the road as the, the season moves into to the meat of it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate everything you do for lacrosse. Thank you, Paul. We'll see you down the road. Take care, guys. There you go, Brett Chonner, head coach, general manager, Philadelphia Wings, Paul Day. And, you know, once in a while, Paul and I will have a chat away from from the podcast or away from lacrosse. And just, like, 
just a wicked guy, man. Like I, I love talking to Paul Day. Like I always feel better coming away from a conversation with him for some reason. Yeah, like no, I know. I, that's why I was, I was kind of asking questions I don't normally ask coaches and GMs because I want to know what his routine is like because I think it's important for people to hear what that sort of dedication and a life to lacrosse is like and how that breaks down that was, because that was a, a people, that was a, a lot of people don't have the time and i really enjoy hearing that from paul I want, every the last few times we spoke to him i've yeah. tried to pick his brain on stuff like that because yeah he does that i think better than anyone else and just the, the common collectedness of paul day always always comes across you know like it was so different last week we spoke to TK and you both and I were, you and I were like, okay, we want to run through a wall and go play for PCLC now. Yeah. Then he talked yeah. to Paul day and I'm just like, I just want to go watch some film and take notes too, man. I want to do what he's doing. <laughs> I was going to say that was a very blank question, Brad, but I'm not going to give it. I almost did it, but then I, I think, where are we at on that? Like 10, seven. I was like, Jamie was giving it to me, handing him out like, like candy, but I think we're around 10, seven uh, for me. on, on yeah. that You know what? I just remember the first time I met Paul day, I, you know, reached my hand to introduce myself to him. Hey, man, Brad Schaller doing the game tonight. He's like, I know who you are. And yeah. he was one of the first guys. And I was like, I felt so good about that at that time. People um, know who you are, especially now. That you're so big, it, felt, it felt good. Especially felt good. now, you're a big television star. People know who you are, man. You know what? I feel for that, like that, that, um, that 40 minute flight that he's talking about is mm. just, is such an advantage. Like I saw, I was on the same <laughs> flight as Kevin, I was on the plane, same flight as Kevin Crowley going from, vancouver to toronto yeah. and then he has to jump off and go from toronto to philly like that's it was all day on friday and some of the eastern guys just don't know how good they have it to be that close to that market if you're a western guy that has to fly to somewhere in the east yeah. for a game that is it is a grind man and i give jamie guys, a hard time about all that the, time like they it's they cushy have, oh, it is have, cushy, man. They, compared mean, to compared to what calgary had to go through to get on a bus and yeah, no, that's no, that's no. tough to do toronto flies like three times a year i think <laughs> something like that <laughs> anyways brad that was fantastic there that wraps up our season previous uh too as well so good to get through all 14 teams good. i, I want to chirp you on your math there i feel like preview should have ended a week ago well, but we're still in the week one previewing. yeah here this is the thing, right? So this is when I'm co-hosting with Jamie. So you can't chirp me because I was like, uh, do, like, should I do those with Jamie? That might be a little bit weird to do it with an owner and GM, but it wasn't after, but he was actually the one that suggested that we do it. Uh, and it just so happens that it lined up one week later than it should have. So speaking of that, the format will change a little bit uh, heading into EP 162. We got to kick that around a little bit uh, this coming week, but things will change a little bit. I think we'll go to one guest and uh, move some things around a little bit for for next week and moving forward. Cool. Sounds like a plan, man. Sounds like a plan. All right, uh, it's time for the fourth quarter, and as you know, what comes up, Brad is just looking forward extremely to the next quarter. I'm quite sure about that. Uh, who you got? Lax Class Locks coming on the other side. Lacrosse Classified EP 161. This is Robert Church from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and Boston Cross. Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into the fourth and final quarter. That means no more breaks here on the podcast, which I know everybody likes. Uh, I, fellas, so we know we got coming big-time stuff coming up here. Who you got? Lax Class locks here in quarter four. 
But I did forget to mention our brand new sponsor in quarter number three. I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. Rycor Construction Inc. Make it stand out. You can follow them at Rycor Construction Inc. on both Facebook and Instagram. They're always posting up pictures. Kind of the before and after sort of deal. Triple W Rycorconstruction.ca, family owned and operated business serving the lower mainland, specializing in all residential interior and exterior renovations. Whether it's a kitchen, bathroom, flooring, decks, or something as simple as a fence. That's not simple to me. It is to Rycor Construction. Over 15 years of experience in the construction industry. Rycor strives to produce quality craftsmanship and provide an exceptional client service man that's a read right there i might have to tighten that one up a little bit but rycor construction on here guys and listen i've been uh checking this out and i've been kicking around the idea of maybe doing a little reno in the kitchen here at uh casa de jumbo so uh maybe we <laughs> might have something to talk about uh as we move along here with rycor i might get him in here and clean it up a little bit in uh in the kitchen uh, all right guys uh who you got time here on the podcast and evan uh you broke the news there late saturday night uh first initial winner of who you got here in 2021 slash 2022 is none other than brad challenger congratulations brad it's me applauding myself by the way <laughs> Evan and O in week one. My absolutely head perfect. Oh. Nailed every single pick, and on top of that, nailed the tiebreaker with the exact number. Absolutely ridiculous in week number one. Well done, Brad Challenger. You are well. You're unofficially this week's who you got because uh, you came first. Uh, that guy named Teddy Jenner came second. And I'm not giving the weekly prize out to either of you schmucks. So congratulations. <laughs> Ky- what is it, Keith McLean or Kyle McLean? Kyle McLean. Kyle McLean. Kyle McLean, you're welcome that uh, that Teddy and I are, are conceding here. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. You get that Stampede Tack prize pack. I, I might have to swing by Stampede. I would look great in a cowboy hat, especially rolling into uh, – to Calgary later this month. I think they got the small but, uh, sizes uh, there, kid sizes. Congratulations, there. Kyle. Get at Jumbo and his DMs, or we'll send you an email as well. So Evan thanks will, for yeah. thanks everyone for joining up, signing up, and participating. Yeah, we had a great registration list sign up, uh, and it's not too late. Uh, I know some people, Evan, you're going to talk about this, but forgot to put their rankings beside their team. So I think we need to walk through that one more time. And uh, not too late to sign up. You're only one week behind, and of course, there's weekly prizes every single week. So even if you sign up in week 14, you still got a chance to win some stuff. Evan, uh, I got in there with, what, five of seven, came up with 27 points. I had to scroll way, way down the ledger there to find your name on. on Only about halfway down. Way, way down there on the Who You Got standings. Uh by the way, uh, GM of the, the Warriors there, Dan Richardson, not too <laughs> pleased with your week one pick, uh, Evan Sheminar. You just, know, it's interesting. Dan follows my picks quite a bit. Uh, uh, yeah, it rubs them attention. the wrong way when I pick against the Warriors. So it's like, maybe I should just pick against the Warriors just to light a fire under my well, I don't know. It seemed to work with a big win down there in San Diego. Both uh, that Brad and I 
predicted correctly. Thank you very much. Uh, so week two, who you got? Uh, let's get into it, fellas. It's time for who you got. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? There you go. Who you got? Week two, fellas. Uh, I don't. I guess Brad, since you finished top. Well, you did the best out of all of us. Never mind that. You finished first, the top, the standings of everybody. I, think I did. The, I, yeah, I did the best out of everybody. So I think you get to uh, start off. Who you got here for week number two? Does that mean I get to ask who you got, or I get to go first? I think that's how it works, selection. right, uh, Evan? I, we yeah, he gets really to done this with got. three people, okay, well, and okay. you did the worst, so you got to go before I do. I think. Okay, I'll I'll do my jumbo. I'll do my jumbo. Okay. Okay. It. So first game, first game on the docket, Friday, six p.m. Eastern, three o'clock on the West Coast. This is tasty. Get off work early if you're listening from the West Coast, because this one starts at six and it starts at seven in Halifax, but three. For us in Vancouver, um, three o'clock. Halifax across. Thunderbirds, Halifax Thunderbirds, one and zero. Toronto Rock, one and zero. Someone has to lose. Am I asking myself who I got? No, you're asking Evan who he's got. Okay, then I go then, last. Yeah. I go last. Yeah, okay, yeah. Halifax, one and zero. Toronto, one and zero. Evan Schemenauer, who you got? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, Halifax is still the top dog for me so far this year. I think they stay perfect at home. I put a five next to Halifax. Yeah, I'm going with Halifax until they lose. That's going to be my strategy here. And back-to-back home games. I know they're going up against Toronto, who are also 1-0. But I'm going Thunderbirds, and I'm putting a 3 beside the T-Birds. Yeah, the Nest The nest is a tough place to play. I really liked Toronto's game last week, but I think this is Halifax's game to lose. Halifax Thunderbirds with a 5. Mm. Uh, after that, we've got uh, we got three games on Friday. It's a great way to kick things off this weekend. New York Riptide will visit the Philadelphia Wings. 0-1 Riptide, 1-0 Philadelphia Wings. We just spoke to Paul Day. How can you vote against Paul Day? But Emin Schemenauer, who you got? This is the one that actually the cool bet has very lopsided, very strange. I don't have that much confidence in the Wings. I'm still taking the wings, but only a four. Mm, I'm going wings with all sorts of confidence in this one. I know they took a while to get the motor started there in Philadelphia, but I think they found their groove in the second half of that game against Panther City. They're playing at home. Give me the wings. I'm going seven, seven for the wings. Thank you, Paul Day. I've been waffling on this one. So honestly, I I originally was going to go New York on this one because I don't think they're not going to start. I don't think they can start the season 0-3. The very tough these two New York games this weekend because they are playing really good. They've got Philly. Then they play on Sunday against Georgia, mm-hmm. but I I have to still lead Philly. You got Paul day, the full timer. He's got all week to prepare for this. All shifts and gears are going to focus on the New York riptide and breaking down their tape and figuring out what it's going to do to, to limit young Jeffrey Teat. Give me the Philadelphia wings, but I'm not super confident because riptide, I think are going to make both games interesting this weekend. So put a two beside it Two Philly wings. Okay. Okay, uh, third game Friday night, the nightcap. Vancouver Warriors go all the way down to Fort Worth, Texas, the first ever game at Dickey's Arena, the 0-1 PCLC, and the 1-0 Vancouver Warriors. Evan, be careful who you got. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. I was impressed with Vancouver's defense. Offense, 
Outside, Mitch Jones needs some work. Mitch Jones had an amazing game. Panther City really surprised me. That's why I don't have any confidence in this game. It's my two, but I'll take the Warriors on the road for two. Okay. Uh, obviously, I'm taking the Vancouver Warriors. The 1-0 Vancouver Warriors this week down there in Panther City, who showed very well in Philadelphia, as I mentioned, losing in overtime. And I know there's going to be a lot of hype and excitement around Dickey's Arena and their inaugural game there. On their home. That can carry a long way. But I think getting that initial win on the road in San Diego gave this team a lot of belief, putting a five down beside the Warriors in week two. Yeah, they just got a deja vu, do it all over again, prep the same way they did. It's another Friday night or it's another road trip. Give me the Vancouver Warriors with a six. Saturday, we kick it off at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. The unreal Buffalo Bandits. Offense was just so ridiculous last week. 1-0, heading down the road to Rochester. A little rivalry game we just spoke to Mike Hazen about. Nighthawks also 1-0, though. Evan, who you got? Yeah, uh, it's Buffalo on the road, but it is Buffalo in a much better position than I thought they would be in. This is my eight game. It's the Bandits. It is absolutely bonkers in Buffalo tonight. Uh, Monday night football going down and it is cold and windy. Uh, I don't think that's going to play a factor inside the arena there in Buffalo for the Nighthawks and Bandits. But after looking at both teams in week one, I just, I got to go Buffalo here. Too much firepower. Vino always gets up for games against the Nighthawks. And Buffalo is going to win this game. Give me a six. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in this one too. Buffalo with an eight for me. Let's just hope the snow and the blizzards don't keep uh, some of the Banditland fans from heading down to Rochester. They always put a contingent in there too. They'll so get there. We got to sweep. They'll get there. On the bandits. Okay, the next game Saturday night. This is the TSN game of the week. 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. The Calgary Roughnecks 0-1 roll into Saskatchewan Center. The Saskatchewan Rush also 0-1. I think I know where this one's going, but Evan, <laughs> who you got? <laughs> well, I'm more interested to see how you survive minus 30 if it sticks around that way. But oh um, we wouldn't have it any other way for Saskatchewan Rush home opener to not be in the minus 30s. Um, interestingly enough, power rankings, I, I put the rush at two in my power ranking one step behind Halifax. So it's the rush. Uh, Calgary just did not impress me. I don't think that they're going to impress me. It's a seven for me on the rush. Do you want to ask me who I got, Brad? Jumby. <laughs> I just, how confident are you? You've already given up your eight. No, I haven't. I have not given I think, up my eight. I thought eights. your eight, you know, Buffalo wasn't your eight. No, it was not. Buffalo was my six. Philadelphia was my seven. It's going to be really weird. Are we segueing right into this then? What we got? Well, it's going to be really weird. Me being in Vancouver, watching you in Saskatchewan announce a lacrosse game. That's it's going to throw me off a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. Saskatchewan, no way. Are they starting out? zero and two. No way. Are they losing their home opener? inside Sastel Center. Calgary always gives them a good game. I think they're going to play better than they did against Buffalo, but it's not going to be enough. Rush for eight. Get ready, Saskatchewan. I, I can't believe you're doing this. I really can't. I cannot hey, believe you're doing this. Is, this has more to do with the Calgary Roughnecks than it does the Saskatchewan Rush. I think the Saskatchewan Rush are 
they they have been notorious slow starters and they always build ground and always get to the finals at the end of the year, but they do sort of slug out of the gate sometimes. And I just don't think Kermalowski is going to let his team sleep on the seven goal late game run that they allowed to the Buffalo Bandits. Like he's going to make some adjustments this week. <laughs> Calgary has not started 0-2 since 2016. Okay. So it's tough for them to start 0-2 out of the gates as well. I think Mouse is going to make some adjustments, some lineup changes. The offense is going to start clicking. Delves is going to have a good night on primetime TSN, baby. I think the Calgary Roughnecks take it over the rush with a three. Oh, super, Ooh. super confident. I'm sure Rush Nation will be super understanding about that selection. Yeah, well, good luck. we know exactly uh, where the broadcast booth is. I hope good luck. Good luck. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly there won't be cabs available at the airport on uh on Talk Friday to Barry morning. up at the catwalk and just say, allow like, anybody no. up there that you want, Barry. <laughs> Okay, fourth game on Saturday. No, sorry, third game on Saturday night. San Diego Seals 0-1, Colorado Mammoth 1-0. Evan, who you got? You know, in the it, Loud it, House in Denver. In, in the Loud House in Denver. Oh, you know, Colorado ball really arena. impressed me. Yeah. Uh, San Diego, terribly disappointing. There's some work to be done there. I don't think they turn the tide that quickly. I got the Mammoth for a six. Going Mammoth with the four here, and, and a lot of the same reasons that Evan said. I, Colorado surprised me. They looked better than I expected them to, and San Diego did not as look as good as I expected them to. I think things will even out as the season moves along. But here, early in the campaign, Mammoth at home, 1-0. I'm going Woolies with a four. Yeah. Not a ton to add there. I think you guys both nailed it on the head. Like Colorado was clicking already. San Diego did not impress. I think they're a little, little banged up after that game last weekend. So I'm taking the Colorado Mammoth with a seven. Final game. We got a Sunday, guys. Oh, yes. Week. My favorite. Week two of the National Lacrosse League. We're going Friday, three games Friday, three games Saturday, and a little uh, little afternooner like on how Sunday. Good, sorry to cut you off here, Brett, but how good is this out of the first two weeks of the season? Like we're talking – like multiple games, multiple days. Like this is the new NLL. Get used to it. You're going to be watching a lot of lacrosse. Well, Hey, there's 14 teams and there's going to be 15 next year. So there's Let's more go. games that, that teams have to squeeze in here. So uh, three o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock on the West Coast. roll out of bed and watch this one. It's like football Sunday, Georgia swarm. Owen one, New York riptide. Owen one could be Owen two by that point, or it could be, one and one if they play Philly on Friday as they play Philly on Friday night. Georgia at New York. Evan, who you got? I normally don't like to take the team that's playing twice in a row. Uh, would, would take them in their second game. But the thing is here, it's a Friday, Sunday. It's not like it's back-to-back and a ton of travel. Good point, Evan. Good point. Uh, but uh, I, I still believe in the Swarm more than I do in the Riptide. Oh, I've got a three next to the Swarm. All right. Well, I think this is this is going to be the game where I separate myself from the rest of the pet. This is going to be the game where I win. By the way, uh, Brad, now you have won a round of who you got. I know I have won a round of of who you got. Evan, have you have you ever done? Have Finished ever, second twice. Yeah, uh, but but you've never won, right? Never like won. you've never finished in first place, uh, better than nope. everybody else. Nothing like nope. that, right? Okay. Just check it. I, uh, I'm going to go with the New York Riptide here. I know, like, both teams going in 0-1. We'll see where the Riptide are at after Philly. I think they lose that game, and like Brad said, I don't think they're going 0-3. I think Callum and Jeffrey Teat have a monster here down in Georgia, or excuse me, at home 
in Nassau there, and I'm going Riptide, but this is my two game. Riptide with the two, and uh, by the way, in case you guys are keeping score, my tiebreaker is a 27. Ooh. That's high. Like, that's considering high what the over-under is on Cool Bet, that's high, yeah. yeah we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I'm, I literally have spent some time going back and forth on this game, and for some of the reasons you guys just mentioned, I think like New York, this is going to be their third game of the year already, so they're going to have more to talk about more to draw back on more to adjust and a little bit more experience in some of these than Georgia already in this game. who's going to have to wait a week to play lacrosse. Um, I'm not super confident in it, but I think New York tried to make a statement at home last weekend and came pretty damn close this weekend. They're going to do it at home. They're not going to start 0 three. I got the riptide over the swarm. With got a boy, Brad Challoner right there. I Ooh, like it. We'll see. Like we'll see how this shakes down. All right, uh, there we go. There's uh, who you got for week two. Don't forget to, Evan, run this down one more time here, what we're talking about when we're putting the numbers beside, because I know there was like eight or nine people that forgot to put their rankings beside their yeah. picks, right? Right, so you, you, you click on the, the highlight, the team you want to pick, then you, over on the weight, you go from eight to two this week. Of course, there's seven games, so the one you're most confident in, eight, seven, six, the one you're least confident in, take it for two the other thing just to make sure is there is a save and apply button on the bottom Mm. make sure you've hit it and make sure you've put something in for the tie break uh so do that like i mentioned if you haven't signed up yet not too late to sign up you've only missed a week you can win weekly prizes and uh it's a lot of fun to do Put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, here. Of course, who you got brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Many things are hard to find around Christmas. So if you can't get it in, Stampede Tack will do their best to get it in as quick as possible. And if not, grab the gift card, give one of those away. And, of course, boots. Boots galore there at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Ariat, Boulay, Canada West, Blundstones, and more. Don't wait. To, to win the grand prize here, get yourself a pair of Blundstones for Christmas. Do yourself a favor. And then, like, you can't, like, if you got, get a black pair, then you get, if you win the grand prize, get yourself a brown pair. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. They've been in Cloverdale since 1966, corner of Highway 10 and 180th. Out there in the Dale, I was talking to Kevin the other day. He's, he's fired up. Looks like the rodeo's coming back next spring. I'll be there. I know you will as well, Brad. And that's a big-time thing for, for Kevin and the folks at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. So happy to hear that. They're doing well. And uh, thanks to them again. All right, boys. Uh, week two. And we've kind of changed things up here a little bit for, for week two. We discussed networked we uh kicks and brainstormed uh what, what do they call those uh never mind i don't even know what i'm talking about right now it's time for lax class locks it's locked When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Uh, should probably put my microphone by my mouth there. Uh, there you go, boys. Uh, another quality sound drop produced by yours truly. I, I spent the better part of uh, my entire weekend putting that together. I hope you guys appreciate uh, the new Lax Locks drop right there. What'd you think? You're stepping in the right 
direction, man. You're you're trending. You're trending up. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're heading in the right track. You're you're almost there. You're Evan. Almost there. Hey, it's at least it's not a Paris Hilton anymore. Let's, let's go with that. That's funny. It's pretty sultry. It's pretty sultry yeah. for a betting uh, a betting segment. Well, it's no, it's cool, man. It's cool. Lax glass locks brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. And and folks, don't forget we're throwing around jumbo bucks here. But if you the the, the consumer there want to sign up and and throw some action down on some NLL games. You're more than welcome to do that, and when you do, make sure you use the promo code, the bonus code, LAXCLASS, and for you first-time depositors, CoolBet will match up to $200 on your first-time deposit. So I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage of something like that. Free money, courtesy of CoolBet, promo code, LAXCLASS, do it. All right, so this is what we have decided to do here on Lax Class Locks moving forward. All three of us got 20 jumbo bucks to play a three-game parlay, and we can either pick a combination of money line, over-under, or point spread. But if you want to do three over-unders or three point spread, you're more than welcome to do that. Combination of all three. 20 jumbo bucks each week. We're going to keep track who won, who lost, and, uh, you know, how much money we jumbo bucks we got in the bank account as we move along here. All right? Does that does that make sense to everybody? Works yep. for me. Means I can throw out some, uh, some big wild bucks here and have some fun. Yeah, and no stress, right? Uh, <laughs> okay, so go for it, Brad. You are up. Give me this week's Lax Class Locks. Okay, my three lax class locks, and again, I mentioned this last week. Coolbet.com. You can. It's so easy to like. I've always been a little bit intimidated by the betting game. You talk over unders and spreads and parlays and all the lingo, right? Um, but this website is just laid out, laid out so beautifully. You literally click on a money line, click on how much jumbo bucks you put down, and it spits out how much you can. Built-in calculator. So my this this is my trifecta this week, or my parlay, if you will. Uh, San Diego Seals at Colorado Mammoth. Colorado to win that game by more than two goals. So I think we all thought Colorado was going to take San Diego this weekend. If they beat it by more than two goals. Well, hang on, Brad. Hang on. Is it 1.5? 1.5. So they have to win. So they don't have to win by more than two. They can win by two or more. Very key piece of English there. Two or more. Two, two or, or more. more. And that is, oh God, I got too much info here now. That's a minus 110 on that minus one. Minus yeah. 110, yeah. And then I got, I mentioned earlier, I got the Calgary Roughnecks beating the Saskatchewan Rush. That's plus 150 for Calgary. So that's a pretty good payout if they win that lacrosse game. The other one I have, this one seems pretty easy to me. The New York Riptide and Philadelphia Wings game. Over-under is 19.5. That's a low-scoring lacrosse game. I think that's a pretty easy over with Crawford and Teat and the way that Philly was clicking last weekend. I think that game's got a chance to uh, to put up a boatload of the goals. 19.5 seems pretty low to me, so I'm taking the over there. If I put 20 on all three of those bets and get all three, I'd stand to win $151.82. It's not bad. Uh, Evan, you're up, man. All right. Um, well, first off, this is an unusual one that has shifted during the course of the day. It is Colorado straight up. No plus minus, just straight up. They are listed as an underdog plus 125 at the moment, which doesn't make sense to me. 
but I'll take it. Halifax, Toronto. I'm taking Halifax minus the one and a half. So they have to win by at least two at plus 130. And like Bradley, the over in the New York Philly game uh, at 19 and a half. So 20 jumbo bucks pays me back 197.59. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's some pretty serious return there, I must say. Uh, I'm going to have to redo mine because uh, obviously I never actually placed the bet. I did it earlier today and it's not there anymore. So now I have to do it again uh, and remember what I had. Um, I had Vancouver at Panther City 1.5. I'm going with Vancouver to win by two. I am going with... The over in Philadelphia, so that one's changed. It was 19 and a half when I, I, I checked this morning. It's up to 20. I still like the over there. And my final one was Buffalo at Rochester, and I wanted the over there. It was 21 and a half. It still is. And let's see here. Pays 140.47. Okay. Evans on top of it. Uh, I got one forty-five seventy-seven, so maybe okay. off a buck there. But uh, so there you go. So Philly over uh, New York Riptide in Philly over going twenty Vancouver to win by two and going twenty-one and a half over between Buffalo and Rochester one forty-five seventy-seven on your return. Those are your lax class locks of the week. Uh, try it out. You might win some money. You might not. Uh, don't blame us if, if you don't and, uh, praise us royally. If you do, how about that? (laughs) (laughs) Fellas, I think, uh, that's it for another lax class. I do want to say to follow along the show, wherever you're listening to your podcast now, hit that subscribe button. I know a bunch of people have been putting down reviews lately. I can't thank you enough for doing that. You can follow Evan Schemenauer at Shemlax. You can follow Brad Challoner at Brad Chow. You can follow me at PXP for Sports. We have an email, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com, a Facebook page. Lacrosse Classified on Insta, Lax Class on Twitter. I think I got it all in. A big thank you goes out to our sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, Rycor Construction, Associated Labels and Packaging, the NLL, and, of course, Cool Bet Canada. Uh, for hopping on board the pod here as well. That's going to wrap it up uh, for Evan Sheminar, Brad Chellner. I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified. Stay classified.